Live or die, man. Die. Wrong. Welcome to Karate Kid 2 Minutes, a podcast where we discuss the Karate Kid Part 2, two honking minutes at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Matt. I'm Mel. I forgot my chains. <laughs> I just realized that I had chains upstairs that I should have brought with me. Oh. Well, uh, you know, the fight's almost <laughs> over, so you won't you won't need to uh, face off by being, you know, th- there's always chain guy when there, there's a big, uh, big epic showdown. But um, it's really just Daniel versus Chosen here. Yeah. Um, She's talking about the chains that I, you know, lock her up in the basement with. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I'm just saying what she would need them for at this point in the movie. Oh. You know? I mean, you know. She could she could tie chosen up and make it even easier for Daniel. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is true. I don't know though. I don't know if I want to touch chosen. He's pretty sweaty <laughs> and feel, bloody. I just feel like he's very he's too dangerous. I don't know. I'm just gonna stay away. Okay. I'm gonna mm-hmm. stay away in my basement. <laughs> uh, today we are talking about minutes 108 to 110 of the Karate Kid Part Two. They begin with a whole lot of drumming and end with the credit for the assistants to Jerry Weintraub, who were Jennifer Erskine, as well as Jamie, Judy, and Julie Weintraub, which I'm assuming like are like his wife and daughters. <laughs> it's like a whole family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we pick up where we left off on Friday, so close to the end for the, of the movie for our guests last week, but not quite there yet. They make it. Were they disappointed? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I Aww. think so. But sorry, uh, hey, they're not allowed to watch it. The movie. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they'll they'll listen and then they'll find out what happened. <laughs> uh, but yeah, these last few moments are reserved just for us. Uh, it's just the way it worked out. Uh, we see Miyagi, who is staring intently at Daniel uh, while flicking the Den uh, Den Daiko drum back and forth. And I love it. It's just like one of those moments where the person's just like. Please read my mind. You yeah. know what I'm thinking. Just do what I'm thinking. <laughs> I have a question about this scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does everybody carry around one of those drums in their pockets? <laughs> I guess. Is this like we a... We haven't seen that up till now, but I guess they do. I just... I was like... Kind of... I was like... It just dawned... It never dawned on me before. <laughs> for some reason. But today, yeah. it dawned on me. I was like, Why? Why do they all have those little drums? Maybe it was like Oprah and they all had one under their seat. Ooh, <laughs> look under your seat. You got yourself a hand drum. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, talked about it last week, but uh, apparently the original version of this original take was that they the big group dance that they do was supposed to be like a group dance with drum, hand drums. So you're like kind of, you know, doing the do-si-do and then shaking mm-hmm. your drum around. And then it makes more sense. Okay. Shaking your tail feather around. So yeah. it's like they came into the party and they all got handed like a little drum as a souvenir. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I got, or they brought their family drum, you know. Uh, Miyagi's family had the drum. This is the secret to the Miyagi karate is uh, uh, this drum. So. <laughs> Don't. So, so B-Y-O-D? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It said that on the poster advertising the dance. Um, yeah, so what you said is key there. A secret to Miyagi-Do family karate, which Chozen knows 
<laughs> yeah. Why doesn't he know? Why Why doesn't he know what's happening with the drum? He is very confused. <laughs> they They like didn't teach him that one move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what happened there. Um, I'm assuming maybe Sato broke from Miyagi Do Karate before he learned about that. And that way he didn't know, but it seems like everybody else is like, oh, Miyagi's doing the thing. Oh, I see what he's trying to do. Everybody get your drum out. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the whole town's in on it except chosen. So maybe maybe he has been dishonored by the entire town. (laughs) I mean, either that it's like this is like the Tomy Village version of the wave. Like, like, oh, oh, we're doing the drums. All right, let's do the drums. The other thing is. uh, Miyagi's told Daniel in the past, I always on opponent. And he looks away from Chosen for so long here. Mm. Like full 30 seconds, he's looking at Miyagi, not looking at his opponent in front of him. Yeah, just that classic like coach moment from the sidelines. He's like, don't look at me. Keep your eyes. <laughs> he yeah. looks away several times more. Mm. I mean, the, the script is got, describes it as if he's like in a trance. You know, he's taking the information in and it's That's like the perfect time to attack him. Chosen. Go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Chosen's too confused, though. Mm. The sound of the drums, though, it really makes me want to play. Uh, you guys ever played the board game Life? <laughs> uh, yeah, know. like I know, I when know I was like 10. When you spin the wheel, it makes the exact same sound. Oh, does it? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I wasn't sure if uh, you guys are going to catch that reference, but you know, whatever you'll next I mean, time. I know, you pull the, up... I know the game, but I've never heard the spinner. Uh, okay. I had a, uh, I had a rough childhood. <laughs> there was no life for me. I didn't have life. I just <laughs> knew people who had it and I just played it when I went to their place, but it was like uh, maybe once or twice. Could we get a move in this movie that makes the, uh, the popping sound of uh, frustration? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, we now focus on Daniel, who is looking pretty bloody for a family film. Um, he's looking at Chosen, he starts his breathing, but it also looks like he's about to go into beast mode. You know, his lips kind of curl up into a snarl, mm-hmm. um, and it looks like, you know, he's getting ready to, to start the move. But, um, the next thing I notice is, I don't know if you know how to do this, or if you need to have a certain... Uh, hand strength or something, but the way Chosen holds his hand, uh, I almost like feel like he's like he's got to be like double jointed in a couple of those fingers because it's all like bent in a certain position. And I wasn't sure if you knew anything about that, Matt, like how you hold your hand, how you stiffen your hand up um, to get into striking. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to do it right now. He's like just bending the the last joint on all yeah. of his fingers. Yeah, it's a little it's a little difficult. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just trying to do it now. Uh, everybody at home, try uh, try bending your fingers like Joe's, and I just can't do it. Just got weird hands. Yeah, yeah. Makes for a good looking karate chop. Yeah. <laughs> so. But is it proper go. form? Mm, no. Yeah. Like, is there a way to hold your hand for, uh, you know, in your position oh, to I just you held stiffen it up straight. the hand up a bit? Or are you saying? You, aren't you supposed to hold your fingers straight? Uh, I mean, you, you're not supposed to have an open hand that much, anyways, because you could break your fingers. <laughs> huh. 
A fist is better. So like, <laughs> right. A fist is better, but you don't want to bend your fingers like that. Mm. I feel like maybe you'd want more of like a scoop hand. It looks like he's preparing to do like a palm strike or something, maybe. Mm. So, Chosen lunges forward. Daniel knocks his fist aside and completes the drum technique with a punch. Gee, I wish we could see it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why are we like, I'm, you know, I think they must have went into the future and saw how much you didn't appreciate. Uh, the form of uh, the fights in Karate Kid 1 that they're like, just focus right in. Matt's going to ding us on this. We, if he sees uh, Daniel punching out of form. Or I, I, but seriously, like, do you think it was like, like they were just like, oh, this is, doesn't look good. And so we don't need to see the entire thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> imagine, <kinda> sucks. <laughs> imagine imagine this, this movie on... Uh, uh, an old four by three TV with the cropping right. even, even closer <laughs> than it already is. Yeah. Like what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Back in 86, I was like, well, if this was an HD, I'd see a lot more here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, I, I hate the, I, the fact that everything's been leading. Imagine if you got to the crane kick and you're just like looking at Daniels uh, from his waist up. And his, knee, <laughs> his knee comes into the frame for a second. Yeah. And you just look, you're just over Johnny's shoulder and he goes flying backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess he pulls it off. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see anything. <laughs> it was an uh, odd choice. Yes. Yeah. I get the only thing I can think is it didn't look, it didn't look convincing in the it's wide not. shot. Probably not. Mm. Uh, because, yeah, we're, he just starts delivering, like, chosen strikes out at, at, well literally uh he's uh, he keeps uh trying to punch daniel daniel keeps knocking his fist aside and then punching him with the with the other fist uh and i don't know and, and is that what he's doing i thought he was like holding his hands together and like doing like a hammer fist thing that's what it looks like to me i don't know <laughs> can't, can't oh know. no i think he's using his one of his hands, either his right hand or his left hand. I'm not watching it right now, but it, I I took it as if he was like his his hips were like on a swivel. He's using the the hand closest to chosen to swat away, and then he's following up with his other hand delivering a a punch, and mm -hmm. then he then the reverse of that. He is now knocking the fist away with his other with the hand he just punched with, and then punching with uh, his neck his other. I guess hand. it's just because his arms seem to be moving like completely together like in tandem so it looks yeah. like he's got his hands together and he's just like being being uh i don't know a drum do you think well i guess uh i guess last week uh uh joked about it being like the sprinkler dance move you know <laughs> but i don't think it's i don't think it's i don't think he has his hands clasped together he's not just yeah. like throwing his entire arms back and forth i think he is knocking one hand away, knocking Chosen's uh, attack away, and then following it up immediately with his other hand. Yeah, that's that's how Smash. they set up the move like earlier in the movie, and that's how I understood he was going to be doing yeah. it. But when I'm looking at it, that's not what it looks you're not, like. It's, yeah, you're registering something completely different yeah. because you're not seeing enough of his body. I don't see the two arms doing mm -hmm. two separate things. They look like they're doing <laughs> the same thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know, but viscerally, this... I. I even now, 
I mean, as a kid, this definitely worked for me. I was like, yeah, hit him. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, even now I'm like, yes, it's so like, just, he just punches him again and again and again. And he punched, did you count how many times he hits, Daniel hits Chosen? I didn't. Did you? Yes. 12 times. He hits him 12 times. And you know what? I'm okay with that because Chosen, kind of a jerk in this movie. Yeah. So, yeah, they should have they should have started with the wide shots and like after maybe they should just gotta got they should have Matt, you're putting your video editor cap on. Now. Yeah. They should have got progressively closer to his <laughs> face. Like they did yeah. close ups the whole time, but and they were good close ups. They looked like uh like a visceral attack and he looked angry and stuff, but yeah, it should have started wide and got closer and closer and closer. Just sure. so you feel the intensity of it. Yeah, basically, but instead he like focuses on Daniel's rage and then then back on the other side, we just see Chosen like looking like he's about to go down any second. Mm. (laughs) And it's just like, why doesn't Chosen try? I don't know anything else, but just to constantly try to hit him with the same attack. I guess so. He's so stunned. He's just like dumb. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, but I, I, yeah, I, I love it. And I love, I love the background music. I love the, um, this is, uh, Daniel's triumph. The, the score is called here. Um, and we have the added percussion by all the Okinawans using the drums. It's so funny because it's like, why didn't they stop drumming? You know, (laughs) they just keep it going. You know, is it like, um, they're so excited. Is it like a wrestling ring kind of thing? Like you're waving whatever piece of apparatus you happen to bring into the uh, to wrestle wrestling night, WrestleMania, and you're <laughs> just like shaking it like crazy. And you're not even thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I almost expect Daniel to turn. I'm like, I get it. That's what I'm doing. I don't need any more encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's at this point in the movie when Chosen falls to his knees and Daniel pulls his head back and, uh, uh, yeah, he pulls the, I, I, I wrote down the tiger claw, but they, in, in the script, it says, uh, uh, his, it, his fingertips bent in a spear hand, a death blow. <laughs> so when did Miyagi teach him a death blow? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just modeling exactly what he did at the beginning of the movie. Miyagi did. To, yeah, to but just... he didn't see what Miyagi was going to do. Was he going to smash his opponent's nose cartilage up into his brain? Was he going to chop his aorta? What was he going to? I don't know. Not his aorta, his uh, uh, jugular. Jugular? <laughs> no, the artery in the neck. What's it called? Carotid? Carotid artery. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, <laughs> where where did he learn how to kill someone? Does he know how to kill someone? Did he learn I, that in the YMCA book? <laughs> yeah, again, I... I I think he's just modeling what he saw Miyagi do, and he's well, uh, he's thinking about doing the same exact thing that Miyagi did to Kreese. And so it really he, is like a, a death. A, he, the way the script and the novelization pointed out is like he he's exposing Chosen's neck, so it's it's a it's a it's going to be a strike to the neck if he actually did connect. So, yeah, Daniel probably never meant to do a death blow. He just always meant to do the hank. Yeah. It's like <laughs> he's going to go. He wants he, he's he's tricking 
chosen into thinking he's going to go full roadhouse here. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he was going to do the honk no matter what. I think so. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Daniel gives him the choice. He says, live or die, man. And uh, uh, I, I, yeah, I was wondering where this came from. I mean, because he's echoing the move that Miyagi did, but Miyagi was giving Kreese the Cobra Kai speech. Mm-hmm. Which is like, pain is for the weak and blah, blah, blah. we do not deliver mercy here. And I did a, a look through the script to see if this was echoing anything from earlier in the movie. And there is a point in the movie uh, where something like this uh, is said. Do you do you remember? <laughs> it is. It's not even. It's not even the same thing. It's, <laughs> it's no. death and life, basically. No. Uh, at the uh, uh, at one point in the movie, Sato says, "Then you will die as you have lived, a coward." <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, it's tying back. That's a, that's a stretch. <laughs> I, I was like, live or die, die, die as you've lived. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know about you, but I think this is truly one of the most badass things Daniel LaRusso ever says in all three movies in all of Cobra Kai. Live or die, man. <laughs> Daniel's a badass. Uh, th- this moment, I think this is so. <laughs> bad. This is such a badass line. <laughs> I, and honestly, like I, I challenge you, I challenge our listeners, like name a more badass thing Daniel has ever said. I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we kicked the competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't want a boba. Uh, <laughs> um, also, uh, our listeners here at the end of the episode. Uh, at the end of every one of our um, episodes this season, but I love how the score kind of holds dramatically here while Daniel waits for Chosen uh, to make his choice. And uh, yeah, sadly, sadly, Chosen uh, would rather die than live right now, Hmm. which is sad. He's just being dramatic. (laughs) You think so? (laughs) (laughs) He he feels like he's he's a dramatic teenager. He's feeling yeah, I guess you oh, got to oh, think no. about it. The age of his age. Yeah. Um, I wrote in my notes. I'm like, he's without honor. He's it's, in his mind. He's without honor. He's he's dead to his teacher. Everybody hates him. Um, everybody hated him already for his scam on the village. Now they hate him even more. Uh, he ruined the Obon festival. He punched Kumiko out. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then just for all of that. He's now been beaten to death by some kid from Jersey. <laughs> yes. What do you think like happened he, in the immediate aftermath of this? Did he just like lay there on the floor crying while everyone else continued dancing? <laughs> Should that be a discussion for the credits? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It. Yeah. I don't know. Like uh, all of a sudden, I don't know, like some sort of big 80s pop hit starts up and everybody just rushes the bridge and starts dancing around his mutilated uh, <laughs> <Corpse>. conscious body. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Daniel decides not to murder him and says wrong and honks his nose. And I mean, embarrassment upon embarrassment. He not only gets this uh, chosen, not only gets his nose honked and just dropped. Daniel literally says the word honk. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So embarrassing. 
Uh, he should have been like, he should have done the uh, got your nose thing, but he should have said, your nose. got your honor, got your honor. Oh, <laughs> worse. Uh, so Daniel lets Chosen go, Chosen falls to the ground. Everybody applauds. Bill Conti brings in the, brings the score back full crescendo. crescendo. Um, Daniel and the Kumiko hug. And he, he took his eyes off of Chosen. Again. <laughs> Again. What are you doing, Daniel? Maybe Daniel's standing on him for, at this point. <laughs> Might be. Uh, I just I just don't like I was like fully like imagining Chosen just like rising from the ashes of getting beaten to a bloody pulp and just like stabbing Daniel <laughs> like in the shoulder or something. <laughs> and I don't know, for some reason it brought me a lot of joy just imagining that. <laughs> I'm not messed up, I promise. You want Chosen to have some sort of revenge here for how much he is wronged by Daniel? If if Karate Kid 3 wasn't already delightful, I would say, yeah, we could have like a, like a sequel, but it's right. pretty great already, so let's just leave it at that. Uh, yeah, Kumiko looks pretty emotional. Uh, and I, I just want to say, like, I don't know, like, the, the what's the final verdict here? I, I really think that this bond that Kumiko has with Daniel now as a result is just like, like him and Allie just are nowhere near, uh, near this, you know, I, I, I think it's even mentioned in Cobra Kai, you know, mm. they mentioned that Allie and him weren't as good as Kumiko and him. Uh, I'll get into it, but Kumiko says like nobody, uh, ever fought for, fought to the death for me. Oh yeah. Know? Well, she, <laughs> Yeah, she she thinks she thinks that. I thought you meant somebody else oh, right. comparing the two girlfriends. No, no, that's only our job. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. What do you think? I, I is is Allie in the end? Uh, I mean, it really feels like in Cobra Kai, like that. I guess it's just the whole um, anticipation of having Elizabeth Shue on that show mm-hmm. uh, more so than Tamlin Tamita. Uh, maybe it's just because the original movie is mu- so much more popular than this one in, in today's world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just looking at the two stories, I just feel like Kumiko is just has more of an impact on Daniel's life and, and his time with Kumiko, even if it's just a week, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, has more of a lasting, like, what do you look back on winning a tournament having the blonde run into your arms, uh, you know, after defeating the bully or like fighting a death match. I don't know. <laughs> in open hour, you know, it's, I don't in know. Far away land. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think maybe the relationship with Kumiko was maybe a more mature one as mm. well. Like, yeah. Like the one with Allie, like <laughs> when you hear about how they broke up and stuff, it just seems like so childish. Oh, it's so it's so yeah. It's, it's childish yeah. though. Really is. Whereas, like, they break up for like a more mature reason, like him and Kumiko, like mm. because she, you know, well, spoilers, she goes to dance school. <laughs> what? <laughs> there was uh, no build up to this at all. But I feel like it was just it wasn't like petty jealousy, like with mm. Ali. Like that's what Daniel, like he was just jealous of like a random guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just I, stupid. 
Um, and so, yeah, in our final moments here, Daniel looks to the stands for Mr. Miyagi, and we get a shot of Miyagi, and he gives him a wink, and he smiles. And it's just such a great, happy ending. Like, I'm always all smiles at the end of this uh, this movie all the time. You know, good, job like not, good job not dying, kid. <laughs> and uh, we fade to black. We see the end. And the score stops, and then, boom, the drums kick in, and it's glory of love time again. (laughs) (laughs) But I have other notes. Oh, you think it's over, but it's not. Uh, (laughs) Never over. Because there's an alternate version. I mean, slightly. I wanted to tell you about some stuff that uh, could have happened here just a little differently Um, in the script and the junior novelization. Uh, In the script... uh, we go back. The drums are going. Chosen's looking confused. Uh, Daniel catches his breath and looks at Miyagi, who stops twirling his drum, and all the drums stop, and the crowd goes silent. And uh, I thought that would—that sounded like—that sounds like so cool, you know, just living in the moment of silence, like what's going to happen, you know? Uh, and then Chosen like looks around and then kias ferociously and charges at Daniel, and just as he's about to crush Daniel with uh, his lunge punch, it says here. Daniel comes out of his trance. He executes the drum block perfectly. Chosen's fist hits the statue, and then Daniel punches him in the face so hard it debilitates him. Yeah. Whoa! And then it says Daniel only hits him like three more times before Chosen's on his knees, just because he got so messed up by that drum technique. And crushing his hand. Yeah, and crushing his hand, yeah. <laughs> Uh, here's something from the junior novelization. He goes, uh, it's it, <clears throat> I'm reading here, uh, live or die, man, your choice. Daniel spat at him knowing for the first time in his life, he could kill another person. This is from the novelization, by the way, <laughs> die, die. Chosen answered, nodding assent. Daniel drew his hand back, cocking it for the final attack. He remembered the feeling of the ice breaking under his power. He breathed in deeply, focusing on the task. Before delivering the blow, he glanced at Mr. Miyagi across the bridge, seeing the look of concern in his eyes. Oh! <laughs> and then, and then, and then Daniel says, "Wrong!" And then it's just like you know, honk, whatever. So he was um, going to murder a guy. It's funny because I Mr. Miyagi's eyes. Yeah, because in the book, it's echoing how they wrote it in. Uh, the book earlier when Miyagi had creased down, Daniel was, you know, his inner monologue was just like, Oh my God, Miyagi's going to kill him in the parking lot. <laughs> you know, uh, some more stuff from the shooting script here. Uh, it says Daniel key eyes and fires to death blow. Uh, we get a close up on chosen, his eyes closing, but the blow never lands. He opens his eyes. Daniel's fist is an inch from his nose. Daniel, and this is this is his final line here in this version. Living is more punishment. And with that, he tweaks Chosen's nose hard between his thumb and forefinger, embarrassing him finally, dishonoring him totally. And those are the words of Robert Mark Kamen. <laughs> wow. So instead of wrong, honk, he says, living is more punishment. He doesn't make the honk noise. He just tweaks his nose and drops him. Wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah, those are some alternate versions. That's um, hilarious. <laughs> I just uh, love how they make Daniel like straight up 
murderer, like attempted yeah, murderer. And, and thinking about it, like, I have the power in my hands. I broke that ice, you know, I could kill him with these hands. <laughs> oh, please, Daniel, please. <laughs> Calm hmm. down. Uh so I also so you know in wrapping up this movie I was looking at the reviews I was looking at box office the reviews I, I focused a lot about on uh, Siskel and Ebert uh, at the time and uh, Siskel and Ebert they were like they like kind of liked it but Siskel was actually more irritated at this movie uh, really? here's a quote yeah he says the concept of making part two mostly Miyagi story is a smart one. After all, Marita is the one who received the Oscar nomination for the original film. That's why it's a shame writer Mark, Robert Mark Kamen didn't take the story one step further and give Miyagi his due, the climactic scene. And hmm. so, yeah, he's he's really kind of like irritated. And even in his the title of his I wish I wrote it down. It was pretty, um, pretty shouty. But <laughs> But it's just like really mad that and and it, I think it's a valid criticism. You know, you you say this is Miyagi's movie. This is um, Miyagi get, getting it. But then like like we said, like we were frustrated even just talking about how well, couldn't have Miyagi and Sato fought once. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something, you know, it's just like the hurricane happens, or, you know, typhoon happens. They resolve things. And now it's Daniel versus Chosen. And but. I, again, it's like then 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 the thing is, I, I'm sure the producers and even just the viewers at the time are probably more interested. It's the Karate Kid. It's the Karate Kid movie. It's not Miyagi movie. Hmm. Um, and I watched the uh, Siskel and Ebert review at the time. Uh, Ebert liked it a little better. Uh, they both love Miyagi and they both were talking. It was so funny. They had two funny ideas here. I wrote them down. Um, number one. The love stories are not wrapped up. They obviously will be picking this up in part three. <laughs> ah. Like, oh, they're obviously setting it up for another sequel. And they're going to have to deal with the love stories <laughs> of uh, you know, Kumiko and Yuki. Did, did they not remember how it went with the first movie? Like, <laughs> they don't see a pattern, I guess. And the second idea they had, which is like, all right, you know, we're, we're, we've been getting Daniel's story. That's fine. Wouldn't it be great if they could maybe do another sequel that just kind of focused on Miyagi taking on a new student? That would be refreshing. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just wait, guys. <laughs> so refreshing. <laughs> um, all right. Here's some box office trivia. Uh, the first one opened at $100 million. Or sorry, it is a total. It was, this was the opening weekend. Yeah. $100 million. Uh, part two opened at $115 million. And then part three opens at $38 million. <laughs> Oof. Mm, wonder four, what happened. Yeah. Four was $8 million. <laughs> mm. And then the 2010 version, $176 million <laughs> opening. So, yeah. I, wow. I was After Jonathan brought up uh, box office last week, I was like, oh, yeah, I should look that up. Uh, here's some more stats. It opened at number one, opposite the Robert Redford film Legal Eagles. Uh, these two movies knocked last week's number one out of the top spot, which was Back to School, Rodden Dean Trevield. Uh, knocked it down to number three. Here's the rest of the top ten. Uh, number four was Top Gun. Five was Ferris Bueller. 
Six was Cobra. Seven was Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. Eight was Raw Deal. Nine was Short, Cir- Short Circuit. And ten was My Little Pony, the movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I saw uh, that theater. It's a pretty good week for movies. Yeah. My Little Pony, the movie? No, I don't, I'm talking about everything else. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Uh, uh, it was number one for four weeks, which is, I don't know, I feel like it's unheard of these days, like a movie holding on to the top spot for that long. Um, other movies that opened up in these, those four weeks that could not take Karate Kid Part 2 out of the top spot, I'll read them off. Ruthless People, Running Scared, Labyrinth, American mm-hmm. Anthem, Psycho 3, Great Mouse Detective, About Last Night, Under the Cherry Moon, Big Trouble in Little China, and Club Paradise. All those movies opened in those four weeks, could not knock Karate Kid 2 out of the top spot. Labyrinth? <laughs> yeah, even Labyrinth. Yeah, I was I mean, like, I mean, great, I Mouse Detective, kids, kids it's- love I don't know. Labyrinth Disney. didn't do that well in the theater, though, did it? I don't think so. Mm. <laughs> it certainly didn't open up at number one. Um, Isn't Under the Cherry Moon that Prince movie? Yep. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, here's a trivia question for you. What 1986 sci-fi movie finally took Karate Kid Part 2 out of the number one spot and knocked it down to number two? Um... Aliens? That's correct. Whoa, Matt. <laughs> nice. So good. Uh, and the final box office trivia is that, yeah, this movie opened June 20th, and Karate Kid 2 stayed in the top 10 movie spot until October 10th, when it slid down to number 11. <laughs> yep. Pretty good. I wonder what happened with part three. Did everyone just decided, like, eh, no, we hate these movies now. <laughs> I don't know. They had two good movies, and then they're like, no hype for the third one. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. I don't remember it. I don't remember. I mean, we'll talk about it in the next movie, but I don't remember Karate Kid 3 being released. I know I didn't see it until I was older. And I was like, oh, yeah, there was another one, wasn't there? You know, when I loved the first and second one. They must have really skimped on the advertising budget or something. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Or it was just too long between part two and part three and the moment was over. I don't know. <laughs> uh, a couple of unanswered questions I want to pose to you guys. Um, after the success of Miyagi's healing hands in part one, why didn't he use the healing hands in part two? <laughs> <laughs> On which wound? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess I guess Daniel didn't get uh, as beat up. Um, by chosen as he did by the Cobra Kai. You know, Miyagi should have used it. Maybe he did use it on himself on his broken heart. <laughs> yeah. He, he, healed he healed everybody's so. broken heart around him. Yeah. He rubbed yes. his hands and then he, he touched Sato. <laughs> he saw yeah. Sato's chest. He's like, here. That's true. Oh my God, Mel. I think you're onto something. I think he karate chopped that wood so hard, he healed Sato's heart. And that's why they made made up. Yeah. And then in turn, Sato healed the village. For some reason, it didn't work on Chosen. I don't know why. He never got chopped in the chest. That's yeah, he's got to get chopped in the chest. Okay. <laughs> so, but he's got to rub his hands together before. We never saw that. Right. It was just they didn't include that part. They no, just felt no. like it was unnecessary. Well, he couldn't get a lot of friction. It's too wet out. It's too wet out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, another question: Where did uh, Chosen's henchmen go? Toshio and Taro. Yeah, I guess Were they 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 also thought he was without honor. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
They're like, oh, you didn't want to save a little girl? <laughs> Are we on the wrong side of this whole thing? <laughs> Are we the bad guys? Are we the bad guys? <laughs> yeah, some other possibilities I thought were they swept away in a ty- in the typhoon, <laughs> or were they <laughs> did Sato just straight up fire them? <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> Pack your bags. Maybe. But uh, yeah, this this set my notes down a, a rabbit hole because I thought, oh, this movie would have benefited from a classic like "Where Are They Now?" credit scene at, yeah. at the end. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Uh, so I wrote some ideas down. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Let me workshop this for you guys. Okay. Toshio and Taro, uh, after Sato went legit, they went to hench for another criminal kingpin in the Japanese underworld, and his name is Kamada. He's played by Sonny Chiba in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, right? Okay, um, sure. Never seen that. <laughs> I highly suggest it. I love that movie. Um, Kumiko finally got a television. Good for her. <laughs> she doesn't have okay. to like go to store windows. <laughs> And uh, Yukie, um, after Miyagi never returned, she got herself something she's been needing at least the last 40 years, which is a new refrigerator with polyurethane foam insulation. So you're just basically like upgrading them to new appliances? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about important things that we noticed in this in this movie. Okay. This is what's going to be like, oh, she 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 got a fridge. Oh, she got a TV. <laughs> well, we got a, no, got like, a TV. no, like, character building. Like, no. oh, I mean, you know, I'm no writer, but I think these are important. Okay, here's my other. This is my last one I wrote. Okay. Uh, ich, Ichiru, um, he was planting carrots one day and found gold. Uh, <laughs> oh. he, he bought a yacht. He sailed away. He was stopping in... Uh, he stopped at any port he could to play his Samusan, which used, which usually led to torrid love affairs. So, okay, again, that was very materialistic. He got a yacht. He doesn't deserve that. Got found gold. Robin, I feel guy. like Robin. I feel like you're like you've got how like. I'm sorry. Going on, Robin. Are you, are you accusing me of being American? Because I. Yes. <laughs> you know what? I think I might be. <laughs> You capitalist. <laughs> I think I think uh, I think the eighties audience would have really appreciated that. Where are they now? Like, oh, good job. He, Kumiko finally got a TV. Good for her. <laughs> it would have fit the Reagan years for sure. <laughs> uh, as for uh, chosen, um, as and I wanted to get a little bit into the Cobra Kai stuff here. Yuji uh, uh, Okamoto, I think I said it right. Um, was quoted at the time of the filming of Cobra Kai or the promotion. He said, uh, when you play such an iconic bad guy in a successful film, you kind of keep that memory always with you. You always wonder what happened to this character. Where did he go after all this went down, where he lost his honor and all that stuff. I never forgot about Chosen because he was a big part of my life. Um, Ralph Macchio says, I always wanted to go back. I wanted to explore what happened with Daniel and Kumiko because I always felt if we ever get back to this well, it's the story that was kind of dropped. And then Karate Kid 3 was something else. So it never made sense completely to me why Miyagi would never have gone back to Yukie and why Daniel never went back to Kumiko. So yeah. you have these 30 years. I said, let's fill in the blanks. It has to fit in the format of what the Cobra Kai series is. And I think what's nice is nice about what happens in season three with both Chosen and Kumiko is there's always room to see more of them in some way. So. <laughs> So uh, I figured after going through Karate Kid Part 2, I would take 
another look myself at those Daniel uh, in Okinawa, Daniel's Okinawan vacation <laughs> um, in the Cobra Kai episodes, The Right Path and Miyagi-Do. So here's a couple of things I just wrote down. I'm not going to obviously summarize the entire thing, but um, the Easter eggs were even easier to catch this time. <laughs> oh. Uh, Kumiko has the, the very first scene with Kumiko is with, he's, she's having tea with Daniel. Uh, at the bar they're sitting at, there is like a tray of ice, is like ice rack. It, 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 there's like these tiny ice blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, also, strangely, when they cut to the flashback to Karate Kid 2, they must have not have had the permission to use Bill Conti's music because they completely rescore the entire final fight that they show oh, really? with, with Cobra Kai music. Yeah. They've used his score before, though. I know. It's just very weird. But maybe they were like, oh, we got, I want to take a swing at this. You know, yeah. maybe, I, maybe I can one up Bill Conti. I don't know. Maybe they wanted to refresh it. Mm. Yeah. So I also took some trivia down for um, individual characters we meet. Um, Yuna, uh, we meet, uh, who speaks perfect English. And uh, she is the senior vice president in sales for Doyana International. Um, what we find out about Sato is that he turned Tomi Village into Tomi Village Green uh, when the villagers' crops died out. And as a result, the villagers got jobs and were able to buy modern homes. So... Through all that, we find out about what happened to the villagers as well. They turned uh, into capitalists. We <laughs> wanted it, Robin. Yeah. They all got appliances. Good for them. Good for them. TV, I, I, color TVs, appliances. I think I feel bad for Yukie because all we really find out about her in these two episodes is, well, that she passed away. <laughs> uh, but she exchanged love letters with Mr. Miyagi uh, for the rest of her life. His life, rather. I think he died. He died before she did. And uh, she has a nice house and a garden that Daniel and Kumiko look at uh, Miyagi's letters in. Mm. But I, I felt sad. I was like, oh, man, we couldn't learn anything more about UKA. Like did or, or even or, or even Sato. I don't know. I would have loved to hear more, but maybe they're afraid to fill in the, too many of the blanks there. <laughs> we are going to learn more about her. <laughs> her uh, watch life that, of crime. Her life of crime oh, oh well, we'll get to that we'll get to that yeah. <laughs> uh and uh kumiko we find out that after graduating high school she joined the hijikata tatsumi dance company and i looked up tatsumi and he invented a dance performance art called buto and it's called like the dance of darkness and it looks Ooh. look up buto it's b-u-t-o-h and it seems like a lot of like makeup and it's very Kabuki-esque. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, we also find out she traveled the world with the dance company. She went to London and she saw Radiohead and the Cranberries in concert in 1995. So, yeah, nine years later, she's already traveling the world. So good for her. Um, hmm? Said good for her. I echoed you. Oh, OK. Uh, she then moved back to Okinawa when UKA got sick and she taught dance there. And she says she stayed a free agent because none of, uh, her suitors ever fought to the death for her. I mean, that's a very specific, uh, set of circumstances they would have had to <laughs> found themselves into. Her Tinder profile says you must lay your life on the line. For me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or else I'm not interested. Yeah. Right. 
I don't know. I, she I, sets up like a weird like. She, <laughs> she sets up. She brings. That's why she's got kept in touch with Chosen all these years. <laughs> Challenge my date to a death match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, okay, I'm. Who are you dating this week, Kumiko? Well, you know, nice guy, but I don't know if he's good enough. So, could you threaten him in the street? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I just see like her dates just like running away. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh my god, no. <laughs> I, and I think out of all of this, I was most interested in uh, revisiting uh, the Daniel Chosen stuff just to see if I get some more nuggets out of that that I, you know, that I w- didn't remember. I mean, I caught all of it when I watched it, but I just didn't remember. So the stuff I wrote from that was uh, uh, he felt great shame after their fight and he says he wanted to die. Uh, but Sato saved him, gave him a chance to prove himself. But still, he feels a lot of regret. Um, he didn't end up marrying or having any kids. Um, also, he doesn't drink and doesn't seem familiar with Seinfeld or friends. Uh, <laughs> he was given all of Miyagi's artifacts and Miyagi-Do. Uh, he learned the secrets of Miyagi-Do karate pressure points, uh, which, you know, in the scroll is, you know, if an enemy insists on war, take away their ability to wage it. And uh, currently teaches Miyagi-Do karate in uh, Okinawa. Does he have a color so, TV? Does he have a refrigerator? <laughs> you know, I wish we could have known, but he does have the shrine from the Karate Kid cartoon. That's all I can. That's all I. Only thing else I noticed. And was that that allows you to travel through time or something, or was it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've only watched a couple of those episodes, and I keep thinking, oh man, we could, we could, but I think it would be a real struggle. <laughs> I think we should to find stuff to talk about. <laughs> I don't know. There's one where he goes back. I, I watched one where he goes back to Newark and I, I was like, oh, this is vaguely interesting. Vaguely. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Did you meet Judy? Animated Judy? I think it's, yeah, Judy. Judy has like a new boyfriend and he's like a real bad guy and Daniel yep. is fighting him. Um, one last quote I have here before we wrap up is a quote from John Abelson, the director. Uh, Interviewing him later on, asking him about um, uh, Karate Kid 2 and what came afterwards, what led the three. Uh, He says, uh, quote, and after Karate 2, I wanted to use a scene from the movie to launch Karate 3. Miyagi says his ancestor was a fisherman and one day he was out fishing and there was too much sun, too much sake, and he woke up on a beach in China. He came back 10 years later with a Chinese wife and the secret to Miyagi Karate. I wanted to time travel back hundreds of years in part three to see what happened when he got off his boat on the beach in China and have Daniel and Mr. Miyagi peer through the foliage. foliage. Uh, Pat would play the original Mr. Miyagi and we'd have Kreese be a pirate or whatever. (laughs) A pirate. They're back to the futuring it. Yeah, and we had the Chinese government's blessing because there was nothing political about the movie. Coca-Cola owned Columbia Columbia Pictures at the time, and they were all for it because they could sell a lot of Coke there. No Americans had shot anything in China. China visually is unique in the world, so I thought it would make a great sequel. But unfortunately, the producer didn't agree, and we did the third one, which is just a bad remake of the first one. Mm. (laughs) Ouch. Mm. Um... China would have been cool. The time travel, yeah. though, it's a little. Uh, I know it's so weird. Hard. Yeah. How how would they incorporate that? That's just, I don't know. I mean, I think people 
might have thought in part two that this is a bit too much, you know, mm-hmm. death matches and, you know, it's just straying away from the original formula a bit too much. I think it's hard uh, when you have a hit on your hands to to convince people to let you stray from what was successful about the movie or like the yeah. first movie of the franchise. Uh, and, you know, and again, that, that Siskel and Ebert episode, when they talked about Karate Kid Part 2, they were really kind of uh, turning their nose up at the idea of, like, like why did they have to sequelize everything? Karate Kid 1 was a great movie. It didn't need a sequel. Why do things need so many – so many things need sequels now? And, mm. you know, and we're going to get a number three, I'm sure, after this. And they were kind of poo-pooing the whole idea. Yeah. And then just, like, oh, okay, th- like, the studios are, like uh, – you know, they want to sequelize something, but they don't want it to go too far away from what it was, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, uh, Daniel and Miyagi time travel. <laughs> it kind of kills, like, uh, in a way, like, kills, like, the creativity of, like, what movies could be coming out when you keep sequelizing things. So I understand, like, understand why they say that. But at the same time... They make money. It also, it also <laughs> uh, yeah, they make money. And it also does allow for like creativity within that uh, Mm -hmm. set like you know you have to keep stretching yourself and become more creative with what you do with that similar story right yes yeah so i mean i don't know uh the interview kind of continues here a little bit with the interviewer saying do you think in a few years people will want to talk about part three uh as much as they do about part one and part two and John Avildsen says, I don't know, maybe with disgust. No, no, <laughs> and, I love it. And then they, and then the, him and the interviewer laugh. And then he goes, no, some people liked it. And I'm glad they did. But I was very disappointed that we didn't go to China and keep notching up the story. Oh, I, I understand. <laughs> but I mean, I understand that he feels that way. But part three is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been talking about it so much. I, I think you should stay permanently in the co-host chair. And then, you know, uh, we'll, uh, just saying the chair is always open for you, Mel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, guys, what's our last word on Karate Kid Part 2? Live or die? Your choice. <laughs> uh, are you asking me if I like it? <laughs> yeah, or, if I I actually, or if I wanted to live or die? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to live. And I did like this movie quite a bit. Awesome. It's a... Uh, one of the the rare sequels that doesn't just retread the first one and instead instead does its own thing and it's uh, just as good if not better. Mm-hmm. It, so either way, you if you choose live or die, you still get your nose honked either way. So I don't <laughs> I, I don't think it makes a difference what I pick. Right, what's your pick? It doesn't make a difference. Honk. I choose nose honk. Honk. Wrong. Honk. awesome and of course you know uh i guess we're finally in the last episode of the movie part of the movie uh where i just revealed to everybody that i hate this movie so much oh my god terrible no Uh, i love this movie (laughs) there's no way i was like there's no way there's no way robin hates this movie or anything about the corrupted franchise except for the cartoon well i mean (laughs) we're we're gonna get into the next two and uh uh, boy, there I I I love this franchise, but those two I I have struggles with loving. <laughs> and, and, I like three. Talk about. I'm, I'm looking forward to breaking it down and analyzing it. 
by the end of like you like discussing three, Robin, you're gonna be like, what was I even thinking? This movie's what's wrong great. with me. Yeah, yeah, what's wrong with me? Mel was right. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure we'll have lots of guests that come on that, that'll either love or hate. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. So we have two more episodes this week, listeners, uh, and they're full of credits, but Matt and I don't want to talk about, you know, uh, the gaffers, many credits and other movies or, uh, uh, who, how great the craft services were or anything like that, or just like sandwiches were to die for, <laughs> you know, ah! I mean, Actually, literal <laughs> stories <laughs> to talk about, maybe, but uh, oh. uh, no. I mean, we just like we did in the the first movie. We're gonna do some bonus apps to make up for those uh, credits. So, so we got two more. Um, so, we have a theme for each day. So, Wednesday is Nobu McCarthy Day, and Friday is Tamlin Tamita Day. Um, we had like, you know, William Zabka Day, and uh, we have. Dutch day. <laughs> Are these like national <laughs> holidays? On our podcast, they are. So Nobu McCarthy, who played Yukie, uh, we picked a couple of things uh, to talk about and that we want listeners to look up, try to see, try to find it, and and so you can listen and be informed. But I mean, if you can't find them, we'll at least we'll, we'll tell you we'll tell you about it enough. I mean, we'll see. But for Nobu McCarthy Day on Wednesday, we're going to be talking about her two episodes of tv that she was in batman from 1966 yes. the episode is called louis lethal lilac time yes <laughs> and uh as as mel you were talking about she's she's a bad girl in that in that episode so we'll see i've never seen it before i don't remember her <laughs> uh, um I, i'm sure actually i've seen it before but i don't i don't remember it um i, I don't remember yeah, I forget. Uh, Louise Lethal Lilac Time. Um, uh, now I'm looking up exactly what it is. It's season three, episode 18. Oh, later season. So we're going to get some yeah. Batgirl. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think Batgirl's in this one. Um, but we're also going to be talking uh, about the Happy Days episode, Arnold's Wedding, in which Arnold, played by Pat Morita, uh, gets married, and I think that's when Pat Morita leaves the show. But he gets married, funny enough, to a lady played by Nobu McCarthy. Who? No way! <laughs> yeah, which Are is you kidding I, me. I just thought that would be so awesome to talk about. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, you can track both these down for Wednesday uh, using the Just Watch app. But I can tell you, at least in America. Um, Batman's a little harder to track down. You can buy it on Apple TV, Google Play. Uh, it says on DirecTV they have Batman streaming. but hmm. uh, And as for Happy Days, I could see that they're streaming Happy Days uh, on Paramount+. Plus, So that you could probably find it there. So that's uh, Nobu McCarthy Day is coming up on Wednesday. On Friday, it's going to be Tamlin Tamita Day. So we had two half-hour things to talk about on Wednesday. We have one one-hour thing to talk about on Friday. And if you're a fan of the show, you probably guessed it. We're going to be talking about her episode of Quantum Leap called Temptation Eyes, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, we read the synopsis on the uh, that episode, and it was very intriguing. Let me see if I can bring it up again. Uh, 
Silence. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, Tamlin plays uh, a psychic who can tell who Sam Beckett really is, can see through the the disguise he's wearing when he leaps in. And I hope you're familiar with Quantum Leap because it's such a fun show. Uh, Quantum Leap, you can buy on Apple TV, Amazon, Vudu, Google Play, or you can stream on the Roku channel and uh, the NBC app as far as in us but yeah justwatch.com justwatch dot whatever your country's domain name ends in um, luckily matt just bought the the uh, series set yeah so so i'm excited to talk about all three and i hope everybody uh watches along and tunes in um and then uh we'll be taking a little bit of a break until we can t- until it's time to talk about uh the latest season of cobra kai Yes. Woohoo. Yeah. When's that yeah. coming out? The end of the year. Ooh. We'll see. It's they said it's December thirty first, but I'm holding out for December nineteenth. I want to be surprised. Oh. <laughs> or I want to be the I want to be able to be like called it. <laughs> they did they did give us it a little bit early last time too. Yeah. But only like a few days, I think, but or maybe one day. <laughs> I can't remember. It was around the same time of year too, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's it for the movie, guys. Uh, please send feedback to KarateKidMinute at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or join the Miyagi-Do Facebook group. Uh, Miyagi-Do Karate Dojo Facebook group. Uh, look for Karate Kid Minute on your social media. You'll find us. And please uh, leave us a, a nice rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We'd really, really appreciate it. Let us know if you're liking, in sh- liking the show. If you're not liking the show, email us at KarateKidMinute at gmail.com. I'll forward it to Matt. Um <laughs> <laughs> my fault anyways <laughs> and thank you mel that. for uh guesting and and possibly just uh being coerced into co-hosting uh more um appreciate it coerced and, is uh, a very nice word nice nicely mm-hmm. it's very generously put yeah as soon as i stop hit stop on the recording i'll start threatening you uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh thanks matt for uh walking through another movie with me (laughs) and don't forget to lock Mel's chains uh, when we stop recording okay and until next time hack hack (laughs) hack